Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Improper Football. My name is Mark. And I am Biz. And if you can't tell by Biz's dejected tone, saying that we had a less than adequate first week of fantasy football is, to put it very lightly, wouldn't you say? Yes, although I want to start off on a on a good note. Okay. So okay. We'll I'm gonna I want to shout out before we get any further about our dismal performances, mine in particular, I would like to shout out the amazing Emma Raducanu, who uh, is from, not only is from my country, but from my neck of the woods. She is actually from uh, the town next to me um, in South London, and she amazingly won the US Open. Uh, She's 18. Uh, She actually just finished school um, a couple of months ago. She won the US Open without dropping a set, not only that, she was a qualifier. She's the first qualifier ever in history to win uh, a major. So uh, I just wanted to start off with that and a shout out to her. So congrats, Emma. Did they have woods in your part of London, in your neck of the woods? <laughs> yes, they did actually. There okay. Was one of, there, was, there was actually one about five minutes away from my house. So, okay, uh, excellent. So uh, I used to, to play there sure. as, a, uh, as a kid. So excellent. Oh, you haven't heard of that saying? Oh, the neck of the woods? No, I have. I just wanted to make sure that they had woods in your park. Oh, okay. Yeah, they did. They did. There was also some other non-football-related news where the U.S. Open happened with a finals in which we really wanted both of them to lose. (laughs) Uh, Medvedev triumphed over Djokovic. And I can't say that I feel good for either competitor because Medvedev is, for lack of a better term, kind of a little piece of work. And Djokovic, you're just sick and tired of seeing him. He's got the Tom Brady syndrome where he's like, you know he's great, you know he's one of the best of all time, if not the best of all time, but give me a reason to watch tennis again by giving somebody else a chance who's not named Medvedev. (laughs) Juan Martin Del Potro for life. You're right, you said he's he's coming back. He is coming um, back. You're right, I mean, I couldn't put it better myself. I mean, there's few people I I dislike on the men's tour more than (laughs) Medvedev. Probably the only person is Djokovic. So um, I literally did not watch any of the men's final because um, I really couldn't care less. Uh, in fairness, I, I thought Djokovic was going to win. So I was surprised that Medvedev won in straight sets. But Surprised I'm, or disappointed or both? Uh, sort of both. Were you going to be disappointed but, with the result either way? Actually, well, yeah. Yeah, I would have I yeah. would have done. But I, I just, yeah, I mean. Calendar Slam would have been fun to see, but at the same time. No, not with him. Wouldn't it have been not better if it was yeah. Andy Murray? <laughs> or Juan Martin Del Potro yes that's true it, it would have been it would have been uh, so yeah it was uh, I mean after the after the women's final I, I didn't I didn't even tune into the to the uh, men so uh, yes well congrats to Medvedev and congrats uh, sure <laughs> Medvedev you did a thing and I didn't watch it <laughs> yeah so enough beating around the bush so looking at the standings for right now. I'm seated at abysmally ninth place, having lost by nearly 25 points to Nick Filzen, who is currently seated at third place. Whereas Biz, oh my gosh, you scored A 93 points. 93 points. But you're not the worst. You're better than Spencer. <laughs> better than Spencer. 
It's all um, right, Spence. We live to fight another day. There's you did lose to the team who won with the fewest points. Congrats to Ryan and congrats to Oliver, the two new teams who decided to come in and win in week one, which means that two-thirds of the teams that were in last year, actually, no, it's 60% of the teams that were in last year lost week one, so... Yes, I'm so I'm so happy for them. Look, here's, here's <laughs> you sound so thrilled. Here's the thing. You see, <laughs> we were just talking about this. I I need to stop looking at these stupid rankings and these stupid projections of like, oh, this person's projected to. For me, I have to go with my gut, because in my in my heart last week, I was thinking you need to play Jamar Chase, and I will I will say that if I'd played any of three or four of my bench plays if I'd played any of them I would have won if I'd played Jamal Chase I would have won if I'd played Melvin Gordon I would have won if I'd played Sammy Watkins I think I would have won and the one person that I decided to play was Brandon Ayuk who well wasn't even inactive he was there but he from what I hear I mean I didn't just watch didn't the game. do a thing he just, well, he just wasn't even on the field apparently so I mean I don't want to go off on a tangent but this is what does annoy me had about, you played any other of your wide receiver options on the bench you yeah, would have won your games. Yeah. literally everyone yes, if you had exactly. played the worst option which was the uh looks like it was sammy watkins uh no it was david johnson no he's a running back so no, he's a run uh, yeah. if you had played sammy watkins or you had played jamar chase right you would have won yeah or melvin had, gordon melvin uh, well gordon. you couldn't have replaced uh brandon nyok no he was your, no he was a wide receiver had oh, been a wide sorry, receiver. yeah yeah so yeah well, you I couldn't have, have put yeah, that yeah, in final. and all of your running backs did fine uh, but if you had replaced any of your running backs with Melvin Gordon, it would not have been enough to right. to cover that. So you'd have had to replace one of your wide receivers. But here's, I mean, here's the thing that I, it, we, we were saying this about fantasy, and I know it's one of those tough things that you just, you know, if someone. It's the way is, the league it, works. It's the way the league works. But I just, I, I, I don't know. I'm slightly almost for like subbing someone out if like they're clearly not playing, even though they're active. You should be able to sub, sub someone out. You can, and you have up until, I want to say, 10 minutes or so, or up until the no, games begin. I think it's up until the games begin. To be able to switch them out. You can't do it once the game starts. Right, and here's my problem, because if someone is active but clearly isn't, I mean, from what I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, I, I, I don't even think he even got on the field for a snap. Maybe uh, he did. But let me check. If he got zero targets, then that's fine. But... So he was on the field for 26 snaps. He was involved in the game. He had zero targets, but okay. he was on the field as a body uh, to be able to pick, to be able to run routes, to be able to distract wide receivers. And he's a decent enough threat uh, for that. But right now he has a lingering hamstring injury. I know. And they're considering him a risky pick right now. Well, personally, I think you should be able to sub someone out. <laughs> so if they're doing rubbish After during the, the game mm. and you see someone's doing really well, just sub them out. Game over. Uh, I, I disagree. I, I, honestly, I, I think that's sour grapes. I think me that's, no. <laughs> that could Never. be your nickname. Sour we could grapes, get you a jersey no. that just says sour grapes on the back, and people would know it was biz. <laughs> we'll find merch for that in the future. Yes, <laughs> that would be amazing merch. Indeed. Anyway, uh, it, it's unfortunate whenever you have a player that starts to not do well, but. It's no different than if a player gets injured in the middle of the game. And it happens in real life where you have a player that you're relying on, but then they get injured and suddenly your whole game plan changes. Or suddenly you don't know exactly how well something's going to be. Yeah. Which is why you take these flyers on players in the draft. Like, for example, me taking Chuba Hubbard in some of my, my leagues. Right. Taking if just Christian in case. McCaffrey. You know, Christian yeah. McCaffrey doesn't play. Injured, Maybe yeah. I have two or three running backs that have to be on a bye on a particular week and I have to play Chuba Hubbard. Well, if for whatever reason, Christian McCaffrey doesn't play for a particular game or Chuba Hubbard's the better option for that one matchup or, God forbid, Christian McCaffrey happens to be in a situation where he can't play that week, 
well then Chupa Hubbard was a good pickup for me because I was smart enough to look down the road for that. It's yeah. one of those fantasy football warns re, fantasy football rewards those who prepare and also have some clairvoyance with the gods in some way. Yeah. You really don't know, but there is some projection that you can look at to you're be able to figure that. A lot of it even is though, based on projections and your gut. And even though you said ups. that you're never going to listen to projections again, you're just going to go with your gut. <laughs> no, I am. And, and actually, I, I said this when we started this podcast. I've got so much worse as a fantasy American football player um, over the last few years as I was at the beginning when I actually didn't know that much. And I think I know more about the sport now because I do like it. And I, I actually think I was better for the first few years, like that I was in this country when I started playing fantasy, because I went with my gut rather than going to all these websites and and w- which I do now, and that actually. Sure, yeah. but at the same time, I also want to put put into context that the year that you did wonderfully in, uh, the first year that we did in our, the first year that we had our league. Yeah. While you could say, well, I went with my gut and I did this, what you went with your gut on was being lucky enough to pit Pack Mahomes when nobody knew he was good at the beginning of his first season starting and in the middle of his MVP campaign where anybody who had Pat Mahomes was doing well that season. I would actually do one better than that. I actually picked him up off the waiver wire. Yeah, yeah. We, believe that? Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Um, but still, <laughs> so that's the sour grips from both of us. Um, I can't necessarily like claim that I did badly because of a like anything terribly happened to me i just had a lot of underperforming players derrick derrick henry did poorly yeah. for me michael gallup got injured in the game and had to leave uh the tampa bay defense gave up 29 points and didn't really do that much against dallas so i had underperforming players and that happens sometimes had i been able to sub a couple of players out i could have had jarvis landry up there who could have gotten me a few more points yeah. Um, had I decided that instead of Michael Gallup, if I had the ability to flex in Miles Sanders instead, that would have been another 10 points, which still wouldn't have been enough to win because Nick had a decent team that week. Right. right. At the same time, I lost that week. Yeah. And, and I could have made other decisions. I could not have subbed in Miles Sanders. And actually, on that subject, I'm going to transition quickly okay. into something else that took place between the last podcast and this. There were some trades that happened. <laughs> there were a couple of trades that took place, and we're also going to be addressing some free agency. Um, so shortly before Saturday, um, and actually I want to say it was late Thursday or something like that. I got offered a trade from Justin, who is currently our league leader right now in points, uh, dominated his matchup, but he offered me a trade of Miles Sanders and LaVisca Chenault in exchange for Matt Ryan and Mecole Hardman. And I looked at that trade and I was like, okay, I don't really need a backup quarterback that badly as long as I got Russell Wilson. So Matt Ryan is not really going to do much for me until I have a bye week on Russell or unless he, God forbid, gets hurt. Um, and I like LaVisca Chenault. I like Mecole Hardman as well. I think Mecole Le- Hardman has higher upside because of who's throwing to him. But LaVisca Chenault is a fantastic wide receiver option, and I think he has the potential to be able to be a, be a very, very good wide receiver. So the question was really how good is Miles Sanders? Yeah. And I probably asked three of my friends who are Philly fans, how do you think about Miles Sanders? And the response I got from Philadelphia Evil fans was a resoundingly tepid response. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> they were just like, yeah, he's a guy. Um, he he runs the ball, and I guess he's, he's the best. He runs the ball. I guess he's the best option we've got, but he's nothing great. That being the case, it's kind of a run-centric focus offense with Jalen Hurts being able to be athletic with what he can do. And in order to make him be able to do what you 
in order to make him do what he can do, you have to establish some kind of a run. So Miles Sanders ran for 74 yards, but he would have gotten me 17 points, and he also caught for 39 yards, so he's multifaceted in the passing game right now, too. So it's not terrible. Yeah. I'm more than happy to throw him into my flex spot until Michael Gallup gets healthy, or if Miles Sanders reveals himself to be a decent pick up there. Well, Uh, just on that, I think that's the thing with fantasy. Sometimes those Philly fans that said, yeah, he's He's a guy who who runs the ball. He's our running back. But in terms of fantasy, sometimes you can get someone who isn't going to set the world alight, but actually from a fantasy standpoint, and we play in a PPR league. They they're the number one option, so yeah. they get they get lots of carries and and catches they, and catches, Targets. and so they can actually be quite good. So there are a lot of people, there are a lot of players in the league who aren't considered top class players who, from a fantasy standpoint, actually do really well. Yeah, because they're always getting the ball or they're they're always getting targets. Yeah. Like a number one receiver or a number one running back on a really bad team can still can put still up decent numbers great numbers for a, on, a, on a fantasy standpoint so, so there's a part two to this trade because I accepted it and I passed through all the the voting for the league and I'm like okay fine so I was going onto the waiver wire and I'm like okay I still need a backup quarterback so I can free up a roster spot by putting Michael Gallup in IR which you can place any of your players into an IR spot so that you can fill the bench with somebody else right. as long as he's injured and out you can definitely just pop that into the IR spot but I look on the waiver wire and lo and behold who do I see who do I see in the waiver wire but Matt Ryan <laughs> so Justin went ahead and decided to pick up Teddy Bridgewater on free agency and dropped Matt Ryan for this. He also has Jalen Hurts on his bench, so I'm not sure if he was incredibly impressed with, like, overall, like, this is the guy who wants to start. Teddy Bridgewater looked pretty good in his first week as well, so he currently has two pretty good quarterbacks. And to be fair, Matt Ryan stunk up the joints this past week. So he may have looked at Matt Ryan as like, you know what, it has nothing to do with how I think this player is doing in the long term, but I need somebody who's actually showing up. First game of the post-Julio Jones era, did not play well. Now, I cert- certainly think that Matt Ryan's has a lot more to offer than he showed this week, so I have no problem with picking Matt Ryan back up, and I put a waiver claim in, and by the time this podcast goes out, I will either I would have won the claim, or somebody else would have. We'll see. Maybe I'll get him, maybe I won't. I'm not incredibly heartbroken if I don't get him, but at the same time, it would be hilarious if I traded away Matt Ryan to get Miles Sanders, and I ended up just picking up Matt Ryan on waiver wire just because of how bad he did in week one. That yeah. was the long con, expecting him to do poorly, jinxing him by yeah, picking yeah, yeah. Him, his team with Mike Pickham, and then when he gets dropped, I pick him right back up. Uh, yeah. So, on my team, yeah, I... Um, you had a trade, too. I did. I had a couple. Yeah, well, obviously, there was the one after the draft, like, literally one minute after we finished the draft, where... You and I my, traded my quarterbacks. Co- yes, my co-host, who sabotaged the one and only true pick that I wanted. And we, uh, <laughs> we swapped quarterbacks, and obviously... Uh, the quarterback I would have had, Russell Wilson, had a, an amazing game. You mean a, um, a Russell Wilson type game? Yeah, a Russell Wilson type game, which actually I knew you would. Although, Justin Herbert, I actually watched a lot of that game. I'm sorry. Uh, and Justin Herbert looked really, really good. I mean, I, I'm, I'm really happy I've got him. He didn't, he threw for 300 odd yards. He threw one touchdown and a pick, but he looked really, really good. So I'm happy that I got him. I also made a trade with Nick. Um, who needed he had Ben Roethlisberger and he said he really didn't want him so I was my backup quarterback that I picked during the draft was Trevor Lawrence and he's someone that 
I probably am not going to play unless I still had him during a bye week when if Justin Herbert was on a bye week and I still needed a bit more depth or I still do need a bit more depth of wide receivers so I traded away Trevor Lawrence and I got Odell Beckham Jr. in return who yep is out this coming week but mm-hmm. I think he will play this season and I think he will come good and um, again it's a good I mean even if he's on my bench it's a good player to have on your bench if he's not sort of first choice or as a flex play so uh, yeah um, and then in terms of free agency I picked up um, actually I've been quite active so I've given Green Bay's performance I thought and I, I picked Robert Tunyon as my tight end and after their performance I thought you know what maybe I should get another tight end so I picked up Jared Cook who looked very good um, against the Chargers um, with the Chargers um, and I also picked up Christian Kirk, who was on our waiver wire, who I thought, you know, would be a good addition. And then I also just added Mark Ingram, who seems to be the number one choice in Houston. So I've thought, so I've been quite active. And that's part of the game that when you play fantasy, you have to be willing to be able to just move your team around. You can't be stuck on what your original guns were. You have to be willing to look at a player and say, this is not going to work. Or I can improve my team by making this pick based off of what we've been seeing. Your identity gets solidified with what the draft is, but it also encourages what your actions and your moves are throughout the season based off of what you need to pick up. And by being willing to be able to make trades and pick up free agents that you may not have considered before is a good thing for the longevity of the league. We both lost our first week. (laughs) For me personally, it was a devastating week. I've never had this happen in my history of being a fantasy football manager, but I lost all five of my league week one games. That's never happened to me. The only way is up. The only way is up. up. I cannot do worse than what I'm doing right now. Um, I have all the confidence in me. I'm have all the confidence I'm going to make more playoffs than I don't because I'm, That's the I have confidence yeah, in myself. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. But it just Love may it. not have worked out well for this first week. So, looking ahead to the future, yeah. you are well, playing... Actually, oh, no. Why don't we Why don't we talk about the just the league? This, like, were there any obviously surprising results? Um, surprising performances? Games that were... That stood out to you? I mean, certainly Green Bay versus New Orleans yeah. was a game that I think nobody saw going the way that it did. <laughs> I don't think anybody is shocked that New Orleans had the talent to be able to beat Green Bay, but I think the overwhelming matter in which Green Bay looked completely helpless could, took everybody by surprise. Yeah. 35, it was 35 to 3 or 38 to 3? 38 to 3. Yeah. That is, it's only the fourth time in Aaron Rodgers' career where he's scored as a team three or fewer points okay and it is certainly one of the worst losses he's ever suffered in his career yeah i mean i think that was that was the result that obviously was the almost standout result of the weekend um just in terms of how surprising not as you said i I wasn't that surprised in new orleans one well we Um, both also had like positive things to say about what the potential of james James yeah exactly and and interestingly that performance is exactly what I think Sean Payton is going to do with him. It, it was interesting because, it, yes, he threw five touchdowns, but he did only pass for 150 yard, 150 yards or, you know. And But I think that's what Sean Payton is going to do with him. He's, he's going to be kind of a glorified game manager where 
if if they want want to let him loose, maybe they will. But he's going to play within this, and and it and it's true what people said. Like Sean Payton would probably never allow someone to throw thirty interceptions. Like it just it wouldn't yeah. happen with with him as a head coach. Um, but Patience is one of those skills that Jameis Winston did not necessarily have a lot of. Right. But he had all the natural ability. So if you can teach patience and you yeah. can just keep yeah. having Jameis wait for the play to be open, yeah. wait for the ball to show up there, and if you don't have it there, you can throw it off to the side or yeah. maybe throw it away, and it's okay. Yeah. But When you can do that and you can manage protection of the ball and keep the ball on your side more often than you don't, you're going to win more games than you don't. Yeah, no, absolutely. And obviously they've still got Kamara, but I think... You know, on the other side, I mean, <laughs> Green Bay just—I mean, it wasn't—it wasn't just they got absolutely smashed, but it was more. Aaron Rodgers just looked so—I mean, he looked appalling. But on top of that, he—he he just looked like he didn't want to be there. That he couldn't care less. He just had no, just kind of determination or grit to try and help the team win and it was and I, and I think it points to a lot of obviously all the sports and the debate shows are all talking about you know what happened over the summer and I, I think that is part to do with it and a lot of people have said you know Aaron Rodgers is a bit of a diva you throughout his career but some of his ex-teammates have actually said you know he's a difficult person to kind of get along with like it you know as a personality which doesn't take anything away from his talent because I think a lot of people want to play with him because who wouldn't want to play with someone that good but on the flip side he's, he's, a, he's a difficult teammate that you've heard on a number of occasions so. it's, it's really hard to be able to pinpoint where Aaron Rodgers went wrong with this game he threw for two interceptions which it's not unlike Aaron Rodgers you don't expect him to throw multiple in a game but two is certainly not out of the ordinary um, for a down game for a great quarterback. If he had thrown for like four or more, it'd be like, hey, there's something going off here. Yeah. He didn't have a particularly high completion percentage. He, what was it? He was, I don't even have that, sto- that stat here, but he only threw for 133 yards. Yeah. They didn't sack him that many times. They only got to him twice to bring him down behind the line of scrimmage. But that defense was doing something to him all day. And yeah. While I'm certainly not the biggest Aaron Rodgers fan in the world as far as like a personality or a type of player that he is, he's certainly one of the best quarterbacks that we've seen yeah. in the course of us paying attention to football. Yeah, and I'm yeah, still not yeah. I'm not gonna say the Aaron Rodgers era is no. over. And but as far as I, I think I would question some of the game calling, the play calling in this scenario. Because while if you're behind you want to throw the ball to be able to catch back up. Only rushing with Aaron Jones five times in a game is inexcusable. Yeah, I mean... And I know that you don't have David Bakhtiari right now, and I right. know that you are working without that big left tackle, and that may have something to do with that. It, it, it's certainly not fun yeah, going up odd. against Marcus odd, Davenport uh, and <laughs> when you don't have your left, guard or your left tackle to be able to block for you. Right. But when you are being beaten that badly and you are seeing what the Saints are doing on the other side of the ball... All right, don't blame him for getting dejected because it's still his job to go out there and succeed. But he's not used to a shellacking that badly. No, and I, I think, I mean, you touched on this. The one thing I would say is, and again, it's always very interesting, particularly, you know, coming from a sport where there's 38 league matches a year where one game does not a season make. And 
I feel here it's this kind of overreaction. Like, yes, it was a it was a terrible loss. Green Bay looked absolutely rubbish, but it's just one game. It's just one and, game, and it's also the first game. And I'm like, if if any time there's an overreaction, and in some ways. It's an easier loss to get over. Like sometimes when you get absolutely battered, you're just like, you know what? We got our butts kicked. Let's move on. Like let's try and rectify. I think sometimes if it was a close loss, that can be harder to take. But sometimes in in sport, you're just like, you know what? We were we were absolutely god awful today. Yeah. Terrible. Let's move on. Let's try and fix it next week. And I think in a way, it's easy to move on from a result like that when you're that bad. You're just like, you know what? That was an abomination. You know, let's try and fix it. And, and aren't they playing Detroit? They're playing next. Detroit this <laughs> okay. week. So they well, have a chance. So that's a, Detroit that's a did look terrible this yes. past week. They almost Jared came back Goff, against, I told you. Jared Goff. I'm, Jared I'm, Goff. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. They almost came back against the 49ers, which I was like, you know what? That That's impressive. I, 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 can't, can't, I can't say that that's not a terrible thing, that they look decent at that. But here's the, here's the interesting thing about the NFC. Yes, it's only one game. And I've said before that I'm not necessarily convinced that after one month of the beginning of the season that I'm convinced I will have seen what each team right. is. None of these starting lineups have were playing in the preseason. So you have some teams that are still trying to figure things out. And you did have some injuries that are going to affect things. It's entirely possible that Green Bay takes a slide just based off of the loss of David Bakhtiari. Yeah. But after the first week of the season, you can argue Green Bay, Philadelphia, yeah. Arizona, even Las Vegas and Houston, that these teams are considered to be the top teams in the league right yeah, now true. based off of true. one week. True. But is that going to be the case in mid-October? Right. Are we going to see a team that goes 1-3 and three to start the season and then figures that out and writes their way for the rest of the season? That could be Green Bay. Yeah. No, that so, I mean, could be Minnesota. It's just, it's just what, I mean, like we said, I mean, losing 38-3 is the same as losing 17-16 like I mean a win is a win I mean a tiebreaker it certainly helps to have well, the yeah, points differential at some point that, that comes in a camp but, but Arizona also looked really really good this weekend they did which doesn't looked, make me happy of course the toughest division good. every single team in the division played against the non-divisional opponent and every single team in the NFC West did successfully yeah and oh, yeah, while the Seahawks I was thrilled how yeah. we played Four touchdowns, no picks for Russell Wilson. Uh, we got to the quarterback for three sacks off of our defensive line. Yeah. And Russell Wilson got only three sacks, which sounds like it's even on paper, but we are continuing our sacks count from last year, and Russell Wilson didn't get sacked seven times this game. Yeah. So it's an improvement on both ends, or it's a consistency for sacks on that end, and that's what I want to see for that. But when you're seeing Arizona put up more points and Los Angeles put up more points and San Francisco put up more points, you're like, well, this is exactly what we thought it was going to be. The NFC yeah. West is going to be an, an incredible dogfight to see yeah. who's going to win this because yeah, all no, the teams right. look pretty good. Yeah, they. I mean, they, they all look very good. I mean, I guess kind of wrapping up week one, yes, I thought Arizona looked great. Um, I thought the Rams looked great. I mean, we talked about that with... Um, Matthew Stafford, I, I thought they looked they look very good. Um, Half of the wins in our conference are the entire NFC West. I really <laughs> the only other teams in our conference that have won a game that are not in the NFC West are New Orleans, Philadelphia, Tampa Bay, and Carolina. Wow. That's it. The rest of the conference has lost. <laughs> well, speaking of, I thought, obviously, we, 
we touched on this Philadelphia looked that that was kind of surprising they look really good um, Devontae Smith looked very good um, mm-hmm. he would have been worth a, a pick um, I thought Jalen Hurts um, looked really good yeah Jalen Hurts looked really good, looked good. I, 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 I've already said it today that one month does not a season make no uh, but and I've also said it before I'm rooting for Jalen Hurts to actually yeah, prove the haters too. wrong again because his entire career has been people not yeah. t- believing in him yeah please Jalen Hurts go on a tear and be the player that you know that you can be I just have no faith in a team from Philadelphia because that organization is run like shit right well, now well I yeah they, they look really good um, well we haven't talked about the, the Monday night game um, that, was, that was probably the best game of the week yeah, yeah, I would was, have to agree with that. That was a really, was a really, really you know, I mean, like, exciting game. The, fr- the first game and the last game of the week were really good. Tampa Bay versus Dallas yeah, was really good. I mean, Ravens versus Raiders. Who would yeah. have thought that that would have been an amazing game? Yeah, it's and true. Ultimately, it's true. That that Derek Carr, not a bad quarterback. That's all I can say. Yeah, not a bad and, quarterback. And going back to like the first game of the week, Tampa Bay Dallas, it it was almost a moral victory for Dallas because because I I don't know anyone that thought they would play them that hard and yeah they would be that close I mean it was really close so you know far be it from me but I will hand out credit where it's due and you know Dallas yeah. played really well and I I think particularly the way Dak Prescott looked he looked, he looked pretty decent so yeah um, it was a good first week yeah yeah, and I'm really, really excited to see what the rest of this first month where it's more chaotic and teams are trying yeah. to figure out what they can do yeah I, I'm excited to see how it is going forward yeah yeah, absolutely. It was, it was definitely a good first week. So let's look ahead. Yep. We have a couple of matchups for you and I in our fantasy league this week. Yeah. And I am going to be going against Andy. The matchup between Andy and myself on paper looks fairly even. Great quarterbacks on both sides: Russell Wilson, Tom Brady. He's got some good running backs, including Mike Davis. I've got the running backs I like. He also has a great team name as well. But... Team Lasso. I'm not a shill. But if you haven't seen Ted Lasso yet on Apple TV+, Plus, <laughs> please go watch it. You will be better for it. it. It might be the best new show over the past couple of seasons on any streaming service. And that's not just because I'm biased. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a close game on paper between myself and Andy. It does look, Looking it does at the look matchups that they have, I think I'm in more trouble than it looks. Because you've got Devontae Adams playing on a Green Bay team in which Aaron Rodgers is likely going to be angry. You got Tom Brady playing against Atlanta. You know that Atlanta likes to give up big leads. You got Darren Waller against Pittsburgh. You got a tight end that's going to be going against a hard hitting defense. So they're going to be getting a lot of across the flats. Um, if Chris Godwin catches a few passes, a few touchdown passes from Tom Brady, that just might be enough for it. I love my team, but I think that the matchup that I got against Andy this week puts me at a slight disadvantage. So looking at your matchup, I have to say, again, you know more about the X's and O's than I do. Looking just at the teams, you should absolutely smash it. Like, I, I mean, just and this is just on paper. I'm not looking at the matchups or anything. Russell Wilson, Derek Henry, Josh Jacobs, Justin Jefferson, George Kittle, George Kittle, Miles Sanders, even as a flex. I'm like, there, there should it shouldn't even be. I mean, I love you, Andy, but Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady. <laughs> Swift. I don't. Is he the first choice? De, uh, De- Deon, yeah, he's DeAndre the, Swift. DeAndre okay. Swift. He's the okay. starting Ma- back. Mike Davis, your pick. My pick. Although he didn't have a good game last week. Uh, uh, I mean, he's everybody all right. in Atlanta he's all right. did poorly. Um, obviously, Devonta Adams, Chris Godwin. That's two very good wide receivers. And Darren Waller. And Darren Waller's great. And and actually, Tyler Boyd he's is a flex. He's also very is good. Great. But still, I would say 
on paper you should you should wipe the floor with with that scene and and here's me saying it now i'm putting probably the uh, the kiss of death on it yeah, no, and you'll I'm, lose by 50 points i'm i'm guaranteed to lose thank you <laughs> let's okay. move to your team well, you're gonna be well, playing against care. ned and you are it's a 0.4 point differential between projections it's a 50 percent between the two of you so I, I always, I'm always a pessimist when it comes. So I believe I'm going to lose by like sixty points. Which, which you know, which that's, that's probably, probably could happen. True. Man, you've got Ayuk on the bench. Why? <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't get me started. I mean, after Jamar Chase's performance and the fact that I left him on the bench, he deserves to start. You know, I'm trying to play this like an actual manager of a team. Mm-hmm. If someone plays well over someone else. They put him deserve in the place. To put, put him in the place. Sure. Put him in. Put him in, coach. So, Jamar Chase, you get the nod. I have to say, I am very worried about Mike Evans. Mike Evans is someone, after watching Tampa Bay, I am actually really worried this year that he is. he might be this boom or bust performance because it's clear to me that with an extra summer and off-season of work with Antonio Brown, he is clearly, I think in my mind, going to be the number one option for Tom Brady because they have this rapport that they had in New England when he was there only for a bit but still you can see that and Chris Godwin I think, and Chris Godwin is a great receiver I had him a couple of years ago in fantasy in his rookie year and he was very very good and I have this bad feeling that Mike Evans even though he's fantastic will be a total flop for me it's very telling when you look at the majority of Tom Brady's career. There have only really been two prolific receivers that he's had the entire time. Actually, I'll say three because oh, there's one Moss. obvious. Randy Moss, of course, Rob Gronkowski, and then right. Wes Welker. Randy Moss was clearly one of the best receivers of all time. Yep. Gronk was the best tight end that was in the game at that yep. point. And Wes Welker was the slot best receiver. slot receiver yeah. and arguably the person who showed everybody what a slot receiver can really do. If it wasn't for him, he wouldn't have had Julian Edelman become who he was, and he wouldn't have had Doug Baldwin become the number one as a slot receiver as he did there. So when you take take a look at a team that has so many great options, are any of them good? Are any of them great? They all have the ability to pop, but he spreads the ball to the best target. Right. And is Gronk the person he wants to go to? Is Antonio Brown? Is is Antonio Brown going to be the slot because of his height at 5'10"? I mean, I I think this is your point. And and again, it goes back to, I don't want to bring up like how bad my drafting was, but... I took Mike Evans, and with hindsight, I'm looking. I'm look, just what you said. I'm looking, thinking there are three great receivers on that team. They all can't. Like if it was just two of them, it'd be like yeah. Yeah. But there's just three Evans of them. And Tom Brady has to spread it around, and and they can't. They're not all going to get 100 yards and two touchdowns every game. No. And so, and that's the one area that I'm like, well, do I drop him? I mean, I picked up Christian Kirk, who might actually be a better option. Um, be. Even Sammy Watkins, like I watched that Monday night game, and Sammy Watkins actually looked really good. And because Baltimore doesn't have a lot of options, again, yeah, they it's got that, two decent options. Right, he might be better than so, so he might be better than Mike Evans. Right, yeah. exactly. And Absolutely. that's because on talent, obviously, Mike Evans is a top ten receiver. Yeah, but, without a doubt. But, yeah, it's... like the way that he, that Mike Evans' career has started, you can make the claim that he is on a Hall of Fame path. Yeah, yeah, but no, I agree. We'll see how the Tom Brady era treats him. Yeah, I'm looking at the two teams. I think that both of these teams look very, very similar. I think that I'm going to be leaning that Ned has got the advantage because he has got you surprise, beat surprise. on the Seahawks on the roster. 
thing. So since he's got a Seahawk on his roster, <laughs> uh, he is going to win. Go, Chris yeah, Carson. Of, of course. I hope of that course. you rush for 15 touchdowns this week. <laughs> I do want to give a shout-out, and I'm going to try to do this every week if I can remember, but I want to give a shout-out to the team that's in first place and a shout-out to the team that's in last place every single week. Justin, in a league where it looks like our average scoring right now is going to be somewhere around the low 120s for an average scoring. Justin scored 178 points. Justin's That's rubbish. Team. That's woeful. Come on, Justin. You can, you can, crack you can do better than that. Yeah, yeah. You let's crack, crack 250. 250. Come on. We're going to hold you accountable. We need you to do better than that. The team that came in last this past week and is currently at the bottom of our standings is Spencer. Wait, who is the only team? The, the only team who's scored worse than Biz. Sending you love to in Dresden. Not only does Spencer have the least amount of points in our league, but he actually has less than half of the points that Justin scored. So how many points did he score? 86.72. And Justin scored 178. I will say, don't don't count him out yet. I he, didn't say it was counting him out. He won the league, I think, last year. No. He, Oh. Two, no, he, he was in the final. Oh, no, no, Justin ago. won it last Justin year. Justin won it last year. You know, the Sorry. team that's beating all of us right now is no. the two league champion. Okay, no, Justin won it, but he beat Spencer in the final. No, I he think. beat me in the finals. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so. I've... And ladies and gentlemen, Cle- this clearly, is Biz remembering clearly. what he wants to remember. Yes, yeah. Revisionist history, as they call it. Your episode <laughs> of Revisionist Biz. Yeah. Revisionist. I, 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 I lost my first week. I'm done with fantasy. I'm concentrating on my actual proper football fantasy team. So, uh, Yeah, no. but nobody cares about <laughs> yeah, proper football. True, they want to hear about improper they, football. They do. They do. Team Skullster. So let's have a look. Well, in fairness, he... His, t- his he, he team has, on paper looks good. Co- I mean, on yeah, Aaron Rodgers, DK Metcalf, Logan Thomas. It looks like it's a really good team. Uh, but... Eh, eh. Uh, not, a actually, I mean, Spence, not a great first week. Not a great first week. You got some good players on the bench, too. Good on you. Oh, no. Spence. Spence. Spencer is a massive Minnesota fan. Mm. And he's from Minnesota. And I'm looking at his bench. And there's a certain Kay Cousins on his bench. I'm yeah. going to have to have words. We're yeah, gonna, we'll, we'll have, have to have, have a word with him. We'll have, have to have have lead him towards a better path. <laughs> I mean, so, if he's on your bench, then you might as well just get someone else. Yeah, If you don't want to buy him. So... No, no, I'm okay. I we could throw we, him out of the league. Uh, yeah, let's not throw him out of the league. We need somebody <laughs> to be able to beat. True. Spence, prove us wrong, please. So, I think we've covered most of what we want to cover. We and have. the only other thing that we have left is to cover the pickums that we're going to be doing. Indeed. We are tied. It is exciting. It is tense. We both picked wrong last week. <laughs> uh, I picked the Falcons, who got shellacked by the Eagles. And ha. and I picked, I picked the Colts. Um, in spite, but no, they won. Spite. Didn't, didn't they win? Didn't they beat the Seahawks? <laughs> in my mind, they did. But, yeah, you know, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Go Hawks! In Russ, we trust. So we Let both Russ lost. Our, we both lost. And in our Pick'em League, I am currently seated in seventh, which is worst out of any of the teams that actually submitted picks for last week. And Biz. You are tied for the most correct picks and currently second. in third place. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Tied for second for <laughs> most correct picks and is currently sitting in third because of tiebreaker points. Yes. But it's time for us to go ahead and select our picks for this week. Yes. Now, remember, the point of survival pick is we can only select any particular team once throughout the entirety of the season. Okay. For example, since I picked the Falcons last week, I won't again. be able to pick them ever again. 
since Bids picked the Colts last week, even though they were clearly going to lose, and they are a, a playoff team who potentially could win a lot of games this season, he decided to pick them in an obvious loss scenario. <laughs> so, you're going to have to remind me, that, because it's, it's something that I can see a few weeks down the line, where I'm just going to pick the Colts to win. And so oh, you're going to have to remind me. Okay, oh, you have a spreadsheet. Okay. I have a spreadsheet. So you're going to check. So, okay. do you want to pick first, or do you want me to pick first? Uh, you go first. All right. I'm going to pick a team that I don't have a lot of faith in for this season, but has a quarterback that looks like has lifted them up a little bit. They're playing against a team that is still trying to figure themselves out. Oh, I think I know where you're going. So I'm going to pick an away team. I'm picking oh. Denver at Jacksonville. Wow, okay. I'm picking Denver this week. That's exactly what I thought you... But I thought you were going to pick Jacksonville, like, over Denver. No. Because of what you said. No. But that's what, I guess the, no, picking, that argument kind of works for both of those teams. But yeah. anyway. Um, I did pick Denver, actually, in that pick -em. So Stop copying my picks. I am actually... So I was looking here, and I'm actually going to change one of my picks. Because I'm actually going to pick... <laughs> Keep in mind that Biz has up until right before the game to be able to change these picks. That's true. So whatever he picks right now, he says he's going to change it, and he's going to I do mean, that, and then he's going to change it right so before the I'm, game. I'm actually well. A lot of this goes into the fact that you can't pick that team ever again. Yeah, you cannot this pick is, this, this team ever again. And, and this is a team that I think is going to lose a lot more games than they're going to win. Put it that way. But picking them they all are, you can. They are they are playing a division rival this week, and they're also playing a team that had a very narrow one-point loss last week. So I'm going to pick the New York Jets to, to, wow. to, to beat the New England Patriots. You are picking the Jets to be able to beat New England at home with the rookie quarterback. Um, True. And, you it's know, a rivalry game. It's a rivalry game. Bill Belichick has a very good record against rookie quarterbacks. Um, after New England lo loses their first. So you're picking New England to start 0-2. Yes, I would but love I'm more, that. I'm more picking. That. I'm more picking the New York Jets because then I don't have to pick them again, and then most <laughs> people are going to beat them. So I think that's a good way to do it, rather sure. than because I realised last week. Yeah, so I can't pick the Colts. So who aren't one of the worst teams in the league? So, yeah, and now you can't so, pick them again. So yeah, so now I'm I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm going to go with a team that I don't. I don't think. Although, well, I will say the other pick I did have. I was thinking I was going to take Detroit over Green Bay, which I still might do. Uh, picking Detroit against an Aaron Rodgers angry at game. At home. Yeah, he, he's... Cheeseheads. Aaron Rodgers does particularly well at home after a loss. So yes, it, it's one of those things that I would love to see Detroit win this game. I just don't have any faith that that'll happen. Yeah. I think... Yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb and say I'm going to pick the Jets All right. to stun the Patriots. So, for a recap, for our survival picks this week... Biz is selecting the Jets, and I am selecting Denver. We will see if either of us get into the winning column. <laughs> uh, I think that sounds That's like we've got all that we're going to be talking about this week. Yeah. If you are enjoying this, uh, it sounds like we have a, a nice, consistent audience that's listening to us, mainly guys from the league, I think. But if you have any comments that you want to reach out to us at, we do have a Twitter now. That is improper football on Twitter. Now that is improper spelled correctly, and football is spelled F-U-T-B-A-L. Unfortunately, you can't have more than 15 characters in your title, so 15, improper football was not available because it's not possible on a Twitter handle. So improper football, F-U-T-B-A-L. If you have any comments to throw our way, 
or to make fun of us or to flex on us because you beat us, please <laughs> engage with us. We're more than happy to take the L's. Absolutely. And with that, my beer is empty. Uh, you already on your second beer, so clearly <laughs> it's none. But I think, yeah, I think that's Till next episode. time. Till next time. Till next time. Cheers. Cheers.